These lads are mental, recognises the Gadigal people of the Aurora Nation as the custodians and traditional owners of Sydney. We pay respect to their ancestors and elders, past and present, and value their continuing connection to lands, living culture, and integral contribution to the bright and inclusive future of this beautiful city that we call home. Welcome to These Lads Are Mental. My name is Gary. And I'm Neil. And our podcast is a lighthearted approach to normalise mental health. But before we start today's show, please listen to our disclaimer. This show is just a group of opinions and is not to be treated as medical advice. If you are struggling with mental health, please speak to your physician or reach out to a service such as Lifeline. Thank you. My mental health is, is actually pretty stable and pretty um, full of sunny aroma. Oh, sunny aroma. I like that. Yes. But also, I can be a bit of a warrior. And I also have anxiety as well. Gotcha. I, yeah. I consider myself a versatile performer. And like a theater, musicals, anything like that? If I'm paid to do those, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen a, a, one of those old children's shows called The Jetsons? Yeah, yeah, Jetsons. Yeah. I remember that. George so, Jetson. Cogswell, I can do very well. <laughs> there you go. Okay. I got a hand to this place, Lane. You got a lot of gumption challenging me to a round of golf. Huh. I saw him like a flea challenging an elephant. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> what else have we got? Or is, is that your main one? Nope, there's more. My rewards! Do you have high standards when it comes to your partner? And is there any deal breakers where if something happened, that's it, game over? Yep, there are some deal breakers. I should share this. It got to me and it made me feel suicidal. Right. To the point that I am. On today's show, we've got the amazing Michael Theo. Michael's best known for his appearance on the Netflix show, Love on the Spectrum. I don't really need to introduce myself because you already know who I am. Michael, of course. And why are you back? I'm continuing my, my quest for true love. I actually really enjoyed my time with you on Tuesday night. I enjoy my time as well. That's actually a big relief. I actually would like to go out with you. Yeah, that's cool. Excellent. And by the way, I am planning to give her a kiss. Not on the lips, that's too early. I'm actually planning to kiss her on the hand. That's what an old soul does. You're so sweet. Thanks. Michael now also has a successful podcast called Mr. A+. You might have also seen him on the Ellen DeGeneres show. And he's done a TEDx talk. This episode has lots of laughs and you get a chance to listen to Michael about his own mental health story, his impersonations, and we hit some pretty serious notes. Enjoy. How many people have had a baby and lasted to season two? What? Don't give yourself stories. Being a that father's a blessing. Uh, it's not a blessing on your sleep, I'll tell you that. Michael, how are you, mate? Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Good day. Hi, Michael. How you doing? We're yeah, good. Man. Glad to hear. Welcome to These Lads Are Mental, the podcast. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's good to I have like, you, man. I like the shirt. Oh, thank you. Yeah, very <laughs> like. And a Friday, that works. Yeah, I know. We've been getting some nice backdrops. Last week, we had a artist on the show, uh, Nula. And her backdrop was like really colorful. And yours is pretty good there as well. There's a bit of yin and yang going on, is there? Yeah. That's um, a mosaic that I purchased a few years ago. Nice, lovely. I don't have anything. I've got a white wall. Thank you. <laughs> um, Gary, is it? Yes. Um, are you Scottish per chance? I am, mate. I'm from Glasgow. <laughs> oh, nice. Have you ever been? I haven't. No, nah, you should go, mate. You'll love it. Well, I was going to say, Michael, can you understand him or is it difficult? Yeah, I can. Easy. <laughs> but he kind of reminds me of Donald and Duck, Donald and Douglas. I feel like I said Donald Duck. <laughs> Donald Douglas, nice. Yeah. And uh, I I'm Irish, so you've got kind of two expats. <laughs> nice. And where, where are you based, Michael? Wollongong. Ah, oh, nice. Where are you guys based? Uh, we're in Sydney. Gary's in Marrickville. Alexandria, says, Alexandria. Alexandria, yeah. sorry. And I'm in Bondi Beach, you know, very typical for the Irish, you know, when you're uh, over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually, well, Gary, you've probably been down to Wollongong quite a bit, right? Because we're, yeah. 
we both know each other, Michael, through soccer. And Wollongong has a very strong soccer team. Well, they have they have two, I think. They have the Wollongong Wolves. Yep. They're they're in the MPL one, which is quite high. Yeah. And then there's the, there's another Wollongong team. Wollongong United, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Wollongong United, yeah. So do you do you follow football or soccer at all, Michael? I don't follow any sport at all. Ah. And I meant to actually ask you when I when I first saw your surname, do you not have an uncle called John Teal? Do you? That's a soccer coach. I don't think so. <laughs> no, because I, I used to play for a team called Stanmore here in Sydney, and we had a coach called John Theo. And oh. he was, yeah, he was a great guy. And then when I saw your surname, I was like, oh, I wonder if he's uh, related to him. I am also aware that that's like saying to an Irish person, do you know John from Ireland? <laughs> it's like, uh, very popular name. Well, welcome to the show, Michael. Thanks for, Thank for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me on. Well, as you know, this is a podcast around mental health, but as you yeah. can hopefully tell already, we do try and be a bit funny with it. You know, it is a yeah. serious topic, but we think that if we break down some of the stigma and then we can all talk about it a little bit more, hopefully then it will make things better in the future. Yeah, of course. And the first thing that we normally ask our guests is the same question. So what does mental health mean to you? Well, I don't really think about mental health very often because um, my mental health is is actually pretty stable and pretty um full of sunny aroma. Oh, sunny aroma. I like that. Yes. But also I can be a bit of a warrior. Someone who worries a lot. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And I also have anxiety as well. Gotcha. Yeah, we we ticked that box as well. Anxiety is a bit of a tricky old one, isn't it? It is. And when you mentioned worrying, does that is that something that you've always had, do you think? Or like well, do you have every like how often does that happen for you? It doesn't always happen. It just I just worry about things if I should be concerned about it. Mm. If it sounds serious enough to me. Mm. And do you mean kind of like overthinking things if you know something is about to come up? Yep, I do overthink things a lot. We we definitely do the same with that, right, Gary? Like, I think both of us are overthinkers, and we'll get on to how you speak about success later, but I think also if you're trying to be successful, that's also a thing, right? Because you're always thinking about how I can improve, how I can do better. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, what, one thing I want to ask you about, actually, just, it's probably a question we're going to ask later, but it's pretty topical right now, considering we're chat, chatting about anxiety, is obviously in a short space of time, Michael, you've went to crazy heights in terms of being on a Netflix show, being on the Ellen show, you've done a TEDx talk. Yeah. And you said your mental health is very stable, which is brilliant, but you get anxiety. Yeah. How did you manage, like me even talking about those three things are, are huge. Mm. So how, how did you manage your anxiety or did you get anxiety before those things? My anxiety started when I began high school. Right, okay. Because um there was a lot more pressure and the transition was not easy. Mm-hmm. And because I found it difficult to adapt to the changes, there was more homework, more exams, more, more assignments. Was there any particular challenges for you in the classroom with, with other pupils or anything oh. like that? Or? Well, uh, I learned things differently. And the other students, well, I don't have a lot of memories of how I coped in high school, but basically did my best. But I was also um, not, not too engaged because high school was never my thing. And because... Um, even though I took the work seriously, I, my heart was, was not in any of it, mm. except for drama and woodwork, because I'm not academically gifted. I'm not really, I've never been interested in geography or history or English or maths or learning another language. I was never interested, interested in any of those things. I do better when I'm using my hands to do the work. Yeah, that makes sense. And my, my wife is the same. She has ADHD. She hated that she hated school because it didn't really it was very difficult for her to use her brain in terms of like schooling and learning. Like I wasn't great in school either, really. Studying was never really a thing. Do you think for everyone, is it challenging like with the schooling system that if you don't fit in that bucket, then it's very challenging for anybody to be part of it, right? Yeah. Of course. But also, I learned something um, after I finished school years later. High school does not prepare you for life. All it does is prepare you for university. <laughs> That's a good way of thinking of it. Yeah. But I didn't go to university. I actually went to TAFE. Yep. Oh, what did you do there? I studied um, Certificate 2 in drainage in 2013, but I failed and didn't get it because I failed in a couple of areas. And um, then the next year, I did a three-year course 
called certificate three in shop fitting and joinery and was qualified in that amazing but you're also now we, we've seen on your social media of late post the shows gary was mentioning you're now going back to acting right and you're doing classes there yep i only got two more lessons in this course wow. this is actually the intermediate course oh wow what's your dream around acting like let's say you finish that do you want to get into tv movies commercials but all of them I, I consider myself a versatile performer. Right. And like theater, musicals, anything like that? If I'm paid to do those, yeah. <laughs> I'm not really a singer. You're not a singer, no. I was going to, that was my next question. Well, let me play devil's advocate for that. Because, Michael, we've had the last few episodes, we've had the crew from an ABC show called Space 22. So I'm not sure if you've seen it yet, but it's it's on iView if you want to binge it. It's not quite as popular as Love on the Spectrum. I will admit that. And yours truly is on it. But none of us were as uh, entertaining as and as humorous as you were. But on the show, we had to learn basically how to use art to, you know, support your mental health. And singing was one of those things. And at the beginning, we were told that we'd have to sing on stage at the end. And we all panicked. You know, I can't do that. I can't sing. Da, 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 da. But when you break down the barriers and, you know, chop it up into small pieces, it was actually surprising how, I'm not going to say I was Pavarotti or anything like that, but, you know, if you watch the show, listen to the song at the end, and then let, maybe you can let me know how we sound. Yeah, sure. But, but uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, um, Michael, I'll, I mean, Love on the Spectrum has been massively popular, uh, obviously UK and now USA now. Could you maybe just give people some insight of, in case they haven't heard of the show or watched the show, what Love on the Spectrum is all about? Oh, Love on the Spectrum is a documentary or a reality show, as everybody else prefers to call it. Um, it's about people on the autism spectrum and their experiences and navigation around relationships and their dating experiences and possibly their struggles in trying to get into the, the dating world. What, what, what do you think has been the biggest reason for its success? Because it has really taken off over the last year. Because the people are authentic. But and according to most members of the audience, everybody reckons I was funny. But I wasn't <laughs> trying to be. You're you, don't you don't try to be funny? Nope. <laughs> natural, mate. You're natural. I suppose, but it just comes across that way to a lot of people. Well, I think that is definitely something from watching it, like especially with your story is you are so authentic, even though, you know, the scenes and you're in the kitchen with mum and dad and then they come in and they're cracking jokes and you're kind of describing your ideal kind of partner. We don't get to see that that often, right? Because you mentioned reality shows like The Bachelor and things like that, but they seem a bit more superficial, you know, whereas I think yeah, with, yeah, with Love on the Spectrum, it was just real people, real lives, real stories. Yeah. Did, it, did it feel like that when you were shooting it? Yeah, it did. Except the only difference is the cameras, which I barely notice. Well, I think you're already ticking a lot of boxes of being a like you know a future entertainer. Like you're you're funny even though you're not really trying to. The cameras don't matter to you. Like you're a born born star. <laughs> I also have a knack for doing voices. Oh really? Yeah. I've heard this. Yeah. Who who who's your favorite impersonations? Okay. Um, this one I can do really well. Um. <laughs> Have you ever seen a, one of those old children's shows called The Jetsons? Yeah, yeah, Jetsons, yeah. I remember that. George well, Jetson. Cogswell, I can do very well. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> I got a hand at you, Spicely. You got a lot of gumption challenging me to around a golf. Huh. I saw like a flea challenging an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> what else have we got? Or is, is that your main one? Nope, there's more. Oh, Astro, and, um, Astro on the Jetsons as well. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> hey, George. Well, it looks like you could be a voiceover actor or a voice actor as well. That's something I've wanted to be ever since, ever since I was a kid. Oh, really? That'd be a great job. Oh, my God. That'd, that'd be class. Um, what, what else you got in your locker? That's good. Two, two for two so far, mate. Who else you got? A number of characters I'm able to do, but... Is Jim Carrey one? Do, do you do Jim Carrey? Sometimes I do. Oh, I'll go for Jim Carrey, that'd be a cracker. Have you seen that, that film he appeared in Sonic the Hedgehog? Yes. Okay, well, I'm going to do my best at one of his characters. Doctor's Log, day 243 in this portobello purgatory. My only companion is a rocker named Stone. The question is, 
Well, who am I narrating this? There! It seems I've become a feature play in the theater of the absurd. Maroon in deep space by the wretched blue rodent. But it's all good. Thanks to a breathable atmosphere, my supreme intellect sharpened against the only competitors I have enough to bring it. Chantrell to D4. Hmm? I've been striving to make fungi into a functional drink of choice. Brilliant. Wow. There he is. Jim Carrey, live. Thanks. <laughs> how, how are you, like, you remember that, like, I presume you weren't reading the script there. How did you know all that off by heart? This is watched the, the clip several times. Because <laughs> I've heard you say on your TEDx before that, do you have like a photographic memory? Like if you see something, does it yeah. just go in? Well, um, after watching it or reading it a few times, it just kicks in. I do remember my little brother years and years and years ago when we were kids, he learned the whole of The Lion King off by heart. And <laughs> he just, every day he'd be at the table just quoting Lion King sentences. <laughs> we were like, shut up, John, God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm actually able to do Scar really well. Oh, brilliant. What a movie. Go on, let's give a Scar. Sure. Life's not fair, is it? You see, I, well, I shall never be king. And you shall never see the light of another day. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, class. It, he, who played Jeremy Irons, wasn't it? Was he? Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. you're, a, you're a big uh, you're a big movie fan I've, I've seen that on from your podcast mr a podcast again give that a little bit of a plug mr a plus um what is some movies you like to watch any particular genre any particular movie styles you love no. well technically my favorite genres are comedy drama and animation i okay. don't watch horror thriller slasher or suspense films mm. because they're too disturbing too scary yep with animation, I particularly love Disney. Oh, yeah, Disney movies are good. Yeah, Very good. Kung Fu Panda. With Illumination, there's um, The Grinch, scene two, and um, Minions, The Rise of Gru. Oh, nice. And, um, yeah, Grinch is good. With um, Ardman animation, Chicken Run. Chicken Run, that's Mel Gibson. Oh, that's an old school one, isn't it? That was yeah. back in the day. Oh, that's classic. And, and it stars a Scottish actress herself. Who's a, who's a, who's a Scottish actress? Lynn Ferguson. Oh right, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's an old one. That that's, that and must be that must be twenty years old. That one is it? Twenty two, actually. Oh wow! And they're working on a sequel as well. Oh really? Yep. Check well, I don't know if there's any producers of this future Chicken Run like this <laughs> thing, but uh, hello, we've got like perfect actor here. <laughs> Thanks. But also, um, there's other shows I really love. I also love <clears throat> SpongeBob SquarePants. And also, one of my longtime favorites, Thomas the Tank Engine. Thomas the Tank, is that still going? Thomas the Tank yeah. Engine, yeah, no, actually, going. no, no, um, no. the original series ended last year, right? Okay, so now they're doing a reboot, yes. Can I jump in on this because I have a little son, Michael, who's one, and I remember Thomas the Tank Engine from when, when I was younger with Ringo Starr, used to animate it from the Beatles. And the, the reboot, which I think is the one I'm seeing on Netflix with my fella Sonny, the yeah. song's different. They changed the song. I know. <laughs> I'm like, it's, it now goes, they're two, they're four, they're six and eight, crashing cars, and then round and round. It's like this, and it's, it's still a pretty good song, but it's not the OG, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> so actually, that's gone. That's gone. Oh, you're yeah. joking. I know. <laughs> but, but it's also because... But you can thank Mattel for doing that rebrand of the original series, Big World, Big Adventures. Yeah. The rebrand yeah. was a failure. In fact, oh, they, really? should, they should have left the show alone. Yeah. Uh, I know. It's sad. And sometimes, like with those, especially the old shows, we saw like Neighbors is gone, you know, this year as well. When they yeah. run out of funding or to get a backer, it's, it's hard to say no when someone goes, oh, we'll do it. But then they want to do it their way and it changes it. And you're like, oh. Yeah, I know. Do you guys uh, no, I think I watched this when I lived in Ireland, but there was an Australian show called Pug, Pugwall. Do, do you guys, anyone remember that? No? No. Pugwall? No, I never that. No. I, uh, I say that, people are like, I don't know what that is, but I was like, it was Australian. Like, it was an Australian guy in high school. But... <laughs> How old are you, Shelley? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, just, I just turned 38 last week, but I'm, I'm edging towards uh, 40. But, well, we're, we're not too far after halloween i wanted to ask you michael like did you dress up this year like you I, 
minions and things like that. Like, what did you do? I didn't. I don't even really celebrate Halloween. I don't either. But it's also a matter of personal preference. Um, Those who enjoy Halloween and they want to celebrate it, that's their life. But personally, I just don't do it because it just doesn't interest me. Yeah, fair enough. What about before the show, Michael? That's one thing I did. What I was curious about before the show, you know, obviously life has changed. I'd imagine definitely since the show. What was it? What were you doing before the show? Oh, before the show, I was working um, full time for a cup for at least two kitchen manufacturers. Yep. The first one, I was there for twenty six months. I was on the edge bander every day, and I was the only one on it. And after a number of months, the job did my head in. <laughs> I actually wanted to leave, but only one thing kept me there. Money, 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 money. It wasn't so much the money, it was my mother. She oh. wanted me to stay. Gotcha. Oh, really? Yeah. But then the next year, I got another full-time job at another kitchen manufacturer. But in this job, I was just sanding doors every day. Right. And it was very du- yeah, it was a very dusty job. So we needed to wear respirators. Because oh, you don't joinery, you mentioned. So yeah. yeah, you can see the link there. Yeah. But also um the Christmas rush is the the main part of the job that I absolutely hated because people want their kitchens done by Christmas. Yeah. And no tradies want to work after a certain date, do they, in December? Yeah. Last year's Christmas rush was pretty much the last straw for me. Mm. And so I quit that job over four months ago. When was the first season of Love and the Spectrum? When was that filmed? 2019. Oh, right. So just before COVID, was it? Yeah. Wow. And and then season two followed, a was it a year, a whole year later? Yeah, it was. And what's happened since then? I mean, Gary, I know you mentioned the TEDx and Ellen show, like their life goals, Michael, for any person in the world, like to, and to tick off like more than one of them is phenomenal. Like you must be in like, it's A plus territory. That's for sure. I'll tell you that. That's a plus um, is. So you've left your job. You've now become like pretty much you're a celebrity, right? Like you've huge following. People absolutely love you around the world. You have followers from everywhere. Yeah. What What does that next phase look for you? I know you, you you're doing acting. You're going to pursue that career. Yeah. Focusing on the podcast. Yes. Tell us about the podcast. It's a really great project that I enjoy working on. I'm very proud of it, and I really appreciate what my producers do for me. Mm. And we've had a lot of amazing guests on there. We've had Justin Clark. Claudia Carvin, Susie Porter, Shane Jacobson, Chelsea Peretti, Stephen Beatriz, Graham Cornish from the Puffing Billy Railway, Esme Louise James, Kirsten Banks, Mark Evan Jackson, my parents, my best friends. We've had heaps. Wow. And we've had over 50 episodes now. Oh, well. 50? Over that, yeah. You're smashing us. We're not at 50 yet, are we? Hmm? It feels like we are, but we're not. I think, I think Michael, your episode eight, season two, which is 29 episodes, I think. Oh, you're 50 in already, mate. You're smashing it. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Do you know, Michael, that Gary, Gary told us a statistic when he was, Gary's missed the research on our podcast. And he said, what was it, Gary? If you get more than 20 episodes. 21, I think it was. Yeah. 21 episodes. You're in the top, what, two percentile of podcasts? Uh, yeah, internationally. So you should be very proud. If you've got 50 podcasts, you're way ahead of the game. Thanks. And um, also, I, there are certain things I refuse to talk about on the podcast. Oh, really? like, like religion, politics, drugs, weapons, sex, wars, assassinations, massacres, anything that's dark. All right. Well, Gary, we better end the podcast. They're all our follow-up questions. <laughs> <laughs> and also... My podcast also has a strict no COVID talk policy. Yeah. Enough chat of that. I think everyone, yeah. everyone's a bit over COVID at this point, aren't we? Yeah, we all are. Well, here's something that maybe outside of those things that we'd like to talk about, and that's around success, because yeah, you've spoken about that on your directly on your TEDx yeah. talk, which was really amazing. Yeah, good me. I listened to it all day, though. Very good. Yeah, Gary and I were blown away by that in terms of the life advice that you provide in your seven i think seven minute speech can you tell us maybe a little bit more anyone that hasn't seen that about what like success means to you maybe how has that changed since you've been on the show um 10 years ago when i finished school i thought the epitome of success was buying a house getting a job getting married having kids um and having a pet and becoming wealthy but 
Now I view an actor's life as success because it's what I've always wanted to achieve. But don't get me wrong, I still wish to be married and have my own place and become wealthy and maybe potentially have kids, but I'm just not keen on having kids. Yeah, those kids, um, speaking from experience with a one-year-old and my extra wrinkles in the last 12 months, uh, it does definitely change your life. All the cliches about being a parent are true, but they are bundles of joy. And, you know, when you see them smile and stuff, you know, it really does it really does warm your heart. And yeah, because that's an interesting point about success, because we, we've talked about this quite a lot, Michael, maybe not necessarily using the term success, but we talk about being content, being happy. You know, people are often searching for the big job promotion, you know, or a fancy car for them to feel good about themselves and their self-esteem. Has, has your own self-esteem changed after I think you mentioned you traveled the world, you've gone to Germany, you've been on all these shows. Has your self-esteem and your outlook on that changed in the last year or two? It has, yes. And I'll view myself in a more positive light. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, because gra- gratitude is another thing that we've spoken about before. And um, I, for one, have been terrible with that most of my life. But like patting yourself on the back, thanking yourself, you know, being proud of where you are. I don't know if you know Snoop Dogg, um, the rapper in America. Yeah. But- he just do you see that Gary he did a video recently where he was doing an acceptance speech and he goes I have one more person to thank and at the end he goes I want to thank me I want to thank me for sticking it out I want to thank me for doing this and doing that and I thought that was pretty cool you know yeah that's classic that's impressive yeah yeah Yeah, he's everywhere Snoop Dogg is absolutely everywhere right now yeah every commercial movies appearances just turns up everywhere menu log yeah (laughs) menu log (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of uh, with, with success as well Michael I think correct me if I'm wrong basically what you're saying obviously you're big on acting you want to be an actor and you love movies so ultimately for you success is living your life doing what you love yeah that's right yeah, yeah I think that's very important it's an important message I think a lot of people are unhappy day to day with what to do so I think that's super important to find what they love yes because I'm in those two full-time jobs I had my heart was never in any of in either of them I only did it because um, because of the money and because I didn't have much choice. I didn't have a job that I enjoyed the most or hated the most. I um, always thought I could have done better. I think I think where you've ended up, mate. I think you've proved yourself right. What, what you're currently doing now, you definitely. I mean, I'm not saying what you've done before was bad, but the life you're living now, you're living the life that you want to live. You're, act, you're acting. Yeah, I am. Well, what would you put that down to, Michael? Because I think you you've mentioned that in one of your talks where you. At the end, you say, like, if I had to give somebody advice, you said, I think things like, like, trust your gut, stick at it. Is that what you yeah. kind of said? Yeah, that's right. Trust your gut and follow your heart. But you also have to use your discernment as well and have your wits about you. Mm-hmm. I said that, so that's some, some advice I gave in the TED Talk. Yeah, I also saw an interview you gave, um, I think the discussion was around people with Asperger's regarding government funding, and then they asked, uh, they asked you, what do you think advice you'd give to people with Asperger's? And it was similar advice, and it, you, you basically said, put, put yourself out more. Yeah, exactly. Put yourself, keep putting yourself out there. Don't give up, and just be determined. If your heart is pining for something, pursue it, and don't give up on it. No matter how many times I think about giving up, I... Always go back to being determined. Who do you think in your life helped you? Like, do you think you've had a good family, environment, friends? Like, what, yep. what would you put down to, like, you know, where you are today? How, how did you get to where you are today? Who would you say helped and supported you along the way? My parents were the main people that helped. Mm-hmm. My, but my parents say they did, they did their best to raise me and my siblings, but I think they did more than their best. Yeah, with, nice. well, with me, at least. <laughs> what about your brother now <laughs> um he was he's fiercely independent yeah it helped it helped definitely helped my sister as well so you have two siblings one brother one sister All right yeah that's right are you the favorite no <laughs> i'd be uncomfortable being a golden child <laughs> i don't like that much attention <laughs> I like. I mean, the the scenes. So I'm probably my favorite part of the whole Love and the Spectrum is like the scenes with your family. Like they're just around the around the dinner table, and <laughs> your family seemed like so much fun. I'd love to like go there one day. Like the the banter around the table was brilliant, and you're yep. slagging your brother, and 
Yeah, it must have been a great place to grow up. Yeah, it was. In fact, we've lived, I've lived this, this house my entire life. Oh, nice. Wow. You've never, never been in another house? No. I mean, that's amazing. I, I think I've lived in about eight houses in Bondi already. Wow. <laughs> It's a bit scary when you change so much. Yeah. You need that. You need that. You need that Hollywood mansion, mate. When, you, when your acting career takes off. I don't want a mansion. <laughs> Too much yeah. work. What um, happens, Michael, if you land like a big movie and you make like big, big books? Like, will you stay at home or will you? Would you get your own place? I would get my own place, a cottage. A cottage. Ooh. Why a cottage? Because I'd rather have something small and simple and yeah. nothing extravagant or large. Because the larger it is, the the more work it requires, and therefore you'd be wasting your relaxation time maintaining it. Fuck that. <laughs> That's a very valid point, mate, to be honest with you. Plus, I'd rather keep my money in the bank where it belongs. <laughs> Earning <laughs> interest. <laughs> well, I think your parents, I think we'd agree your parents done a great job because you're 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 so mannerly and very professional. You're articulate. You're you're you know, you've got all the values that anyone would want, your kindness. Uh, your patience on the show. I know even when dates don't go well, you're always very, very diplomatic about it. And it's, thinking of the show, you mentioned that, are you, are you single at the moment? Yep, still single. Still single. And are you looking, what are you looking for in a partner? You know, you mentioned you're serious. Do you want a serious person like for um, you? She, she doesn't really have to be. She can be um, jovial. She can have whatever traits she has, but there are two important boxes that she must tick. Okay. If she comes from a good, loving family who, that is not dysfunctional, and if she has a, a lovely nature and is pure of heart. Mm. And this, there's a third box, but after, after marriage. After marriage, yeah. She would have to handle being the wife of a famous actor which means that I'd be absent from home frequently. <laughs> that's, that is very forward thinking, mate. That's a good point. Not everyone would be content with that. Yep, I know. So if you were invited, let's just say, to the Oscars, would you bring her on the red carpet? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I love that, mate. I'd love to turn on the Oscars one day and see you come out of a big limo with, on the red carpet with your partner. Yeah, yeah because people like Tom Hanks and... Mark Evan Jackson and um, Bill Hartman, they always brought their part their partners um, on red carpets. Mm -hmm. And I've always dreamed of doing that myself. What about though, if you did become famous, you know, you see some people who have childhood sweethearts, but then they become famous and then they, you know, move on to somebody else that's also a celebrity. Would you, would you stick with the person, do you think, even if you got super, super famous? Yes. I don't care about how famous a person is. Mm -hmm. I just care about um, who she is as a person. She can be whatever she wants to be. That's Love great. Because after all, a job's a job. And with acting, I do it because, because it, I'm passionate about the craft, because I enjoy making people laugh. And you do a pretty good job at that. <laughs> You're Thank a natural. Thank you. I did want to ask you as well, because we spoke a little bit about anxiety at the beginning and social anxiety is definitely something that I struggle with. Um, speaking of performance, you know, when I got to speak in front of a big crowd, sometimes I can get a bit edgy. What does that look like for you? Because as Gary was saying, like you've done some pretty global things. Like, I mean, was, was that tricky at any point? Did you get any training? Did you just learn as you go? I don't think I've had any training in terms of public speaking i think i've been always been pretty confident about getting up in front of an audience and talking about something what about from the from the social anxiety standpoint or from the anxiety standpoint have you had any you get any little techniques you use personally to manage when anxiety gets too much or you feel it coming on well sometimes I just need alone time to recharge my batteries and television also helps yep especially comedies so basically, all I need is some alone time, a bit of quality time with the television, and um, or time in nature, and then I'd be good to go again. Mm. And for my anger or anxiety, one coping mechanism that I came up with years ago is playing villains. Right. Talk us through that. Like, do you mean getting into character? 
Yeah, exactly. Getting into character. Because that way, it's a, it's a perfect coping mechanism that impacts no one, including me. I like it. You're kind of taking the power away from it, are you? When you yeah, do that? exactly. It's just a healthy way to release the, any anger. Over the course of the seasons, Michael, we've had people give a lot of their tips and nature did come up, you know, and being with dogs and things like that. But we've not, and anger hasn't really come up that much, Gary, has it? No, nah, like, it's not. No, nah, it's more, it's more been the anxiety side of things and maybe some sadness or overwhelm. But anger is one of those things that can manifest from something else that's going on, you know, like if yeah, I know. and building up, you can get, because I, I, I definitely feel like it's like if you're unresolved with something, you can form into anger and then you get angry at people, but they don't know why you're angry. But we haven't had that many tips on how to release that. So that's really good. The only other one we've heard in angry is, is the primal scream. Have you ever heard of that one, Michael? No. <laughs> um, this one is a little bit more embarrassing and it's a little bit awkward to do this, but the coach that I work with trained me how to do a primal scream. So if you're feeling like you're building up and you're, you're about to you know, fly off the handle and get really angry with someone, you need to take yourself into a room or into your back garden or something and just let out a huge big scream you know you gotta just go ah, ah. Nah. <laughs> do that three times until, <clears throat> until literally the oxygen comes out of your breath and it releases it which that's i'm not gonna uh, i was gonna say will i make us all do it now on the podcast uh, uh, <laughs> my neighbors will be upset yeah well, I was on a phone call with him one day in a park and I was angry about something. And he said, okay, let's do the primal screen. <laughs> and I thought, I, I can't. And he's like, what do you mean you can't? I said, there's, there's a mum over there with a baby. There's someone having a coffee. And he goes, but this is the whole thing. You need to let go. And he made me scream. In middle the middle of park? Yeah, in the middle of a park. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I oh, know. I nearly had like social services call up and take me away. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> or the police, or the police. Social oh. services. <laughs> where's this? Where's this guy's parents? <laughs> he needs to be brought home. <laughs> what was the response you got, Sally, to that? Did anyone send to you? Did anyone say you're right, mate? No, I mean, I kind of went. I I was in the middle. I was sitting on a bench, and then I, I kind of walked towards the corner, and I shouted, and then no, nah, no one said boo to me, like. Or just for local nutter. Yeah, that's it. Like, I, like, <laughs> I didn't want someone to go, that's the guy from Nimbus, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he must be doing terribly just now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, that new studio must That sauna was actually, wasn't really that hot, actually, now I think it was. <laughs> yeah. I don't know when I'm going to go back there. <laughs> no, because all those things, like, in theory, sound good. And, like, you know, when someone's saying that to you, Oh, yeah, just let out a scream. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, funny, good yeah. one. No, but actually scream. I'm like, are you serious? Because one of the other things, I got I got bullied, Michael, when I was younger. Ooh. And I, I had to resolve some of the bullying things. And I haven't done it fully, if I'm being totally honest here. But there was like three or four scenarios, let's say, when I was younger as a kid. And I did make... Basically, you can write a letter if you don't want to confront the person. And then you burn the letter in like a ceremony to release the trauma and the tension from you you know because we carried that in our bodies over time i did ring though one or two people which was like maybe less awkward for me to do so and it, it was an amazing experience and now that i'm kind of a little bit further on i might actually ring those few guys that i haven't rung yet but you'd be surprised how amazing that phone call could be um and like to give you to put it in context one of them was, it wasn't, this one wasn't really bullying, but we were on the schoolyard when we were kids. And one of my friends, who's actually in my circle of friends even today, was giving out birthday invitations. And when he got to me, he said, oh, I'm sorry, I've ran out of birthday invitations. And I was devastated. And it was the first time where I felt like nobody liked me, you know. Oh. I ran home crying. I told my mom. And, you know, I was like not the cool kid that didn't get invited to the birthday party. And then that started this whole thing of me trying to be liked by everybody. Ah. Trying to, yeah, like the force trying to be funny. And, yeah. and if you fast forward like 20, 30 years, you can imagine layer over layer over layer over layer of that. And then I had to ring my mate like 30 years later and I said, you probably don't remember this, but 
you gave me a birthday card or you didn't give me a birthday card on the schoolyard and but what was really surprising was he said that you know whilst we're good friends now he said yeah you know do you know what like I felt like there probably was a bit of tension between us going up through school but he didn't know why and probably I didn't know why but there was probably resentment there because he didn't invite me but I didn't know how to communicate it and it's just fascinating it kind of blew both our minds and then it if anything, it's strengthened our relationship going forward, you know, because now there's there's no skeletons in the closet anymore, you know. You know, mate, it's funny as well. I've got I've gave out a hundred wedding invitations and there's only one sitting on my mantelpiece right now, and it's yours. I'm not giving you yours yet. <laughs> Gary, <laughs> this is trauma from my childhood. What do you well, do? I have actually got it, mate. I've not run out of them. I actually have got it your name on it. Well, can I just you guys like me, right? Am I, am I okay. Silence. Sorry, mate, you're, you're all right. You're all right. Hopefully, I'm liked. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, being invited to a birthday party seems seems like an honor, but birthday parties happen every year, <laughs> and they're very common. Mm-hmm. And plus, when you become an adult, you don't even have birth birthday um parties when you're a, a, an adult because what's the point? That's and plus that's something children do. <laughs> yeah. I know, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, when you get older, birthday parties don't become as important, and I suppose for the last few years, what I've been trying to do is flip all that on its head, you know, obviously, as a young boy, I thought being liked was the way to go, the cool way, and it's taken me 30 years to realize, to what you've just said, Michael, that it doesn't really matter, you don't need to be liked like that, and then that gives you power because then as you said you don't because i used to be a people pleaser you know i'd go to everything you know anyone had anything i'd go because i don't know the social pressures of you wanting and trying to be there at everything but if you people please too much it eventually catches up with you yeah i know how about that with you in the dating world michael because a big thing in the dating world is often and sometimes we almost just settle for a partner because I mean, you've maybe been through loads of dates and you just start compromising, going, do you know what? I need to try and please this person to just to give myself a chance. How did you find it in the dating world? Well, you can't really compromise too much. Maybe like one or two things, but um, you can't just sell for anyone. You have to um, go for who's right for you. You have to pay attention to what your heart, mind and gut say. And what about Michael? Do you have high standards when it comes to your partner? And is there any deal breakers where if something happened, that's it, game over? Yeah, there are some deal breakers. If she would not be able to handle me being the wife of a famous actor and also someone who smokes or drinks is an alcoholic or um, takes drugs and does unlawful, lawful things mm-hmm. and goes around causing trouble and doing all these bad things. Yeah, sure. And if she's gothic, that's also kind of a deal breaker. Oh, guts. <laughs> no guts. <laughs> yeah. But also, um, I don't pursue women who are engaged or married or, or already in a relationship. And also, if she's a very bitchy person, that's another deal breaker. Mm-hmm. A lot of gossip. A lot of gossiping. That can... Um spread that negativity can spread in your life and just sort of a real bad energy in your life definitely and what's the next phase with like let's say your daily life michael are you what's the plan are you still putting yourself out there you know out there have you had more inquiries post the show like is that is that going to be a new challenge for you you need to make sure that they're in in it for honesty yeah of course definitely i pursue women that interested in a relationship not coitus mm-hmm. do you have any because on the show you you did some private dating you did some speed dating like do yeah. you have things like that coming up in the future i don't really know at this stage i just gotta see how things go and what about the u.s show because obviously the success of what you guys did here in australia spreads not only in season two hopefully there's a season three and um, there won't and- be a season three. Oh really? Oh. oh, live exclusive. Why not? It's because it's the it's the ABC's decision. Oh my god! I thought it because everybody I know watches it and like loves it so much, and it brings us so much joy. ABC put on a season three. <laughs> also, I'm branching away from that 
now because um, I'm focusing on acting. But, mm. but Love on the Spectrum was a, a moment of life where I did a, did a great honor mm. and it's always going to be a part of my life. Oh, we love that. Yeah, I, we know what you mean, that sometimes things run their course and it's time for you to grow on to the next chapter, right? Yeah, of course. With um, with acting, uh, Michael, what is the sort of what is the process to really get like cement yourself in the acting world? Right now, you're finishing this course. You're doing the intermediate course. Well, have, what is the next step? Well, I have do have a couple of roles coming up, but I don't mm-hmm. I don't really talk too much about them. But I also have an acting agent as well. Right. Okay. Wow. I also just need to attend certain events and do some networking. Yeah, like outside of acting, have you had people ask you to come to launches or events or to speak at things? Not very often, though. To be honest, we were honored that you even replied to our Instagram. We were like, he's too big for us. He's not going to say yes. How am I that big? (laughs) I'm not Kevin Hart and I'm not Tom Hanks either. Well, you're, you're doing pretty good. All my friends know you. I have a friend, Ellie. She's listening up in Brisbane. She's absolutely in love with you. She's always sending me your quotes and everything like that. And she's like, he's just the best. Anybody that's seen the show, like you're just the, the most favorite person. Oh, I see. I should share this. In my first full-time job, six, this was six years ago, because I hated it so much, I was being called names a lot by one of my coworkers. It got to me and it made me feel suicidal. Right. To the point that I attempted attempted at least twice or something. But then I realized that it was never going to work. But also, um, I have not made any attempts since. Mm. Good. But But last year during the lockdown, I was so depressed and so down that I was on the verge of considering suicide, but did not make any attempts. My boss at the time was so concerned that he decided to give me a week off work to get my head realigned. Mm. But I'm all good. I've been fine ever since. Well, what did you do, Michael, in that that scenario? So when you were kind of down a bit, was there anything that you did to help, like the week off work, but did you do anything particular that got you through that period? I did some reading and... uh, speak to a, um, a therapist and also I also did some power walks as well mm. Ex- exercise reading yeah, yeah. Good. and do you in your I mean obviously we've seen your family on the show and your friends like do you do you speak to your circle of friends and family about how you feel like are you yeah. all, is that comfortable yeah. for you yeah it is good and does that help you yeah it does help yeah, one of the things that we speak about is, you know, obviously the stigma is a big problem that people are often afraid to to say how they're feeling. Well, with that with that job you were in, Michael, that was obviously the one, was that the same job that you were really, was obviously that situation when the person was calling your names, was that, obviously I'm assuming that's no. part of the reason why you didn't like it, but was that also the same job that you didn't actually like the work? No, no. Oh, okay. The first um, the job where I made suicide attempts, that was my first full-time job. But the, um, but the job where I was on the verge of considering suicide, that was my second full-time job. Mm. So, so this is on two separate occasions at two separate workplaces? Yep, different job. And is that just, was that, that second time stemming from the first incident where someone was calling your names and you're no. getting... No, no. no. No, it was the lockdown from last year. Uh, okay, it was from the lockdown, yes. Okay. That's what um, made me f- almost on the verge of considering it last year. Mm. Yep. I don't think we're alone there, mate. I think that was a real tough time. We won't go into detail about that because, again, that, that sort of hovers around the whole COVID, the COVID yeah, situation. But, yeah, no, mate, look, I'm, glad, I'm really glad to hear that you, you fought through it. Uh, you're brave enough to chat about it as well, mate. That's not easy to do. So I appreciate that. That's all right. Yeah, it's amazing. Good to be open about things. hundred percent, mate. That's exactly what, why it's what it's all about. Yeah, this is like what the show is all about. That you know, even suicide, which is a very, very serious part of mental health, it's also something that we shouldn't be afraid about speaking about it because hmm. um, a lot of people go to those places and have those thoughts, and just because you have those thoughts doesn't mean that you can't pull through. You know, hmm. um, and you should be awfully proud of yourself 
Thanks. sitting here chatting to two random guys about your amazing life and, and how many people, not only in Australia, but across the world that you've touched through really just you being you, right? You're not really, even though you're trained to be an actor, what people have seen in you has not been your acting side. It's been your Michael Theo side, right? Yeah, of course. Amazing story, mate. I mean, it makes, obviously what you've done in the last two years is, is amazing how you've touched the world, but to hear that, what happened a few years ago, how you came through that, it's pretty inspirational for a lot of people who, I mean, let's be honest, there's people, millions of people worldwide who have similar thoughts. What was, what was the biggest, what was the statistic, Sully, regarding suicide that Batir told us? Eight Australians per day take their own life due to suicide, which is a pretty harrowing statistic. And the biggest oh, killer, men? Yeah, it's the biggest killer in men between the ages of, I think it's 18 and 45, I think is the, it's now the biggest thing impacting men. And, you know, that's just why the show and all these things are great because we need to kind of, we need to close that gap. You know, it's, it's a huge impactful thing for guys. And historically, men were not great at sharing our emotions, right? Compared to, let's say, women. And um, a lot of men hold their thoughts in. And that's why we're saying about you should be very proud that you're opening up about it, which is a huge and vital, important element to all of this that you can be, comfortable with speaking about it because then you can get people to help you right of course what about your circle of friends you have anybody else who would you help them with their mental health or anything like yeah, that of course i would do what i can are friends important to help you through that phase yeah of course but also with friends you can't always count on friendship mm -hmm. because more often than not a lot of friends don't make time for you because they're constantly busy with their lives Mm -hmm. A lot of people that I went to school with for my year, a lot of them have already gotten married and have and have kids now. Because that's the thing. When you finish school, your friends eventually stop making time for each other. It's a part of life, right? You know, life changes yeah. and things get in the way. And it's also probably a little bit of advice leading from my side for people is you do have to rely on yourself. Like, you know, there is a lot of that. You have to, like, at the end of the day, like validation was a big thing I struggle with, you know. I need, I used to need people to tell me I'm good. Whereas if you seek validation in others, you're, you're just never going to be happy. You've got to get it from yourself. Yeah, exactly. Can I ask you a question, Michael, regarding that when you're going through that, that suicidal thoughts time, did anyone else pick up on how you were feeling? Did anyone say to you, is everything okay, Michael? You don't seem yourself or? I told my parents about it at the time. Yeah. And did that help? Yeah, it did kind of help. But also um, in... My second job, it was picked up on, yeah. Someone oh, else picked up on it, yeah? Yeah. Okay, that's good. Mm. My boss was concerned. Fair play to your boss. That's, do you he still talk to your boss? He was my supervisor, actually. Yep. They do say that. They say, like, an important thing for you. And this is the thing, right? If, if, if people are aware, let's say, I'm Neil, and I, people know I have some issues with anxiety and things like that. If people are aware of it, they know you intrinsically, right? So if you start behaving a little bit different, then they can start being aware yeah. of it themselves. And sometimes if you can't see it, they can see it. And yep. this is why it's so important. I know stigma and removing that seems like such a simple thing, but by doing that, you're helping not only you, but your circle around you to, yeah, to do it. Yeah. And how does that make you feel now though? Like you must, you're sitting here now, you know, you've had those times in the past and since then your life has just gone to a whole nother level of success and everything that you mentioned. Yeah. What would you say to people who maybe are listening that might have been in that place where you are now? Like, what would you, any advice that you would give them to push Reach through? Reach out to, to your family and friends because they always help and you have to be open with them. You won't have regrets about it. Love that. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's a good point. At the end of the day, you won't have regrets about it. I mean, if you've went to your family and friends, and for whatever reason, the friends don't have time, they don't know what's etc. You, yeah. I mean, there's no regrets of you taking that route. That is your best route. Family yeah. and friends are the people closest to you, and like you said, Neil, they know you best. They know intrinsically what you're like as a person. Yeah. So if you can talk to them, which I, I can, I'd be amazed if there's very, there's very many people out there who who have had a conversation openly with someone and they've rejected them. Yeah, I know. But even if they do, it's like, you know, it's that thing of 
even if you tell somebody and they like you don't lose anything by telling them you know the kind of way like there's no harm even like you could tell five people yeah. four of them could go okay cool whatever but one person might go oh wow and that you know so i suppose it's just to encourage people to do it you know and see what happens yeah of course well it's, it's a credit to you and i think the other that point that you mentioned there about speaking to someone is yeah. a really important first step and I think that's the thing with mental health. It's like a big, long ladder, right? We're not saying like you need to jump straight in the deep end and go speak to a psychologist or take medication. Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe down the track. But just think, because if you have mental health, sometimes the problems feel so big and you feel like, I can't tackle that. It's overwhelming. It's too yeah. much. But speaking to someone, which we've heard from numerous sources, is like the best way to just start. And once you do that, everything else will yeah. follow afterwards. Yeah, of course. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would agree. Yeah, credit to you, mate. That's brilliant. That's a, again, thanks so much for sharing that quality. That's all right. Yeah, that is amazing. And brings us to the quick fire, which is a good way to segue because we kind of talk about this a little bit. So there's four questions. Imagine a, you know, invisible clock, but with 30 seconds but we never stick to that time so don't don't worry about that and i'll just shoot these questions at you and just fire back and answer as as quick as you can so number one michael when are you at your happiest it depends on the situation if i'm amongst nature or on a railway or with animals or performing nice again do me you love mate you're happiest when you're doing what you love railways yeah. animals acting yeah yeah exactly Yep. If you had to pick one animal, what would it be? Are you a dog guy or a cat guy or cats? Cats. cats. And what is your current mental health out of 10? Eight to nine. Oh, I love it. Love it. It's a great score. Thanks. And what do you think is the world's mental health awareness out of 10? I'm not really too sure, to be honest. Mm. Well, we could do better. That seems to be the reoccurring theme that we're getting and australia does pretty good but if you go to other countries maybe not so good so yeah and then the final question is if you had to give people just one bit of advice one thing to do every day that would improve their mental health what would that be go for a, for a power walk amongst nature because it's a very soothing healing place love it and like drink plenty of water every day yeah, agreed, mate. The nature and the walking are two of the probably most common answers. I think I think that's just one of those principles that you can't get away from. There's just something therapeutic about walking yeah. and something therapeutic about being in nature, which is just hard to explain. Yeah, it just seems to work. And sleep. Sleep oh, is yeah, sleep. Yep, sleep is also important because you have to recharge your batteries every night. Yeah. Do, you get, do you sleep well, Michael? Do you nap during the yep. day? Or? I don't nap during the day. I just sleep. You sleep well. Yep, I'm a heavy sleeper. That is one thing that I certainly am not getting at the moment as a young <laughs> lad is sleep. I think I got about four, four hours sleep last night. <laughs> up late editing podcasts. <laughs> That's showbiz, right, Mike? <laughs> awesome. And so how do people reach out? If someone wants to work with you, if someone wants to chat with you, contact you, maybe about a job, about a role, an acting role or oh. opportunity. If they want to um, contact me about acting roles and all that, the best thing to do would be to contact Liberty Artist Management in yes. Sydney because yep. I'm with them. And, okay. and if it's for influencing or socials, contact Born Bread Talent. Born Bread Talent. Yeah. Okay. And for podcasts, the best people to contact would be DM Podcasts. DM podcast. Yep. And do, do you want to just, just tell the listeners again the name of your podcast and also maybe your Instagram handle if they want to follow follow well, you? My podcast is called Mr. A Plus. And um my Instagram username is known as Mr. Underscore A underscore plus underscore Michael. Can I just jump in? Do you have three separate agents? Did I hear that right? One acting agency, one agency for influencing, and the third one is for um, podcasts. Wow. I mean, you're doing pretty good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> we don't have any agents. <laughs> oh. Yeah, hence all the wrinkles on our face. Yeah. <laughs> I have producers. Of your podcast? Wow. Yeah. That makes things yeah. a lot bit easier than that. I really appreciate what they do. Oh, yeah, they do a good job. 
producers will make a big difference. Yeah. Even with the editing, it's it's a tricky job, you know, going through it. You have to literally listen minute by minute and yeah, yeah. full on. Well, Michael, I mean, first off, I want to say that you're obviously got a lot on your plate. You've got a lot of opportunities. So thanks very much for your time, mate, first and foremost. You really, really, you really appreciate it. And also really thanks again for sharing your mental health story. That that's was all right. Very encouraging, very brave and very inspirational for a lot of people. That's all, that's all good. Yeah, massive thanks. And to be honest, I you know, I got goosebumps when we knew we were gonna be able to speak to you because we're such a we're such big fans and thanks. What you've done and just being yourself is just showing the world to be yourself and be true and be authentic and how that can serve you, you good. So we hope you just keep doing what you're doing, you know. Yeah, that's never gonna stop. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing, finish the acting. And who knows, maybe this time next year, you'll be on another show and yeah, Harry and I will be able to tell our grandkids. We we spoke to him one day before he was, you know, really big famous. <laughs> I really hope, hope for that. I'm sure yeah. it will, mate. I've got no doubt. I mean, just to, to reiterate to everyone listen, you can catch Michael on Love on the Spectrum, which is on Netflix. You can catch him on his TEDx talk, which is about two or three months ago, released on YouTube. Again, yep. simple TEDx, Michael Theo. Speaks about success. You can get him on his Mr. A Plus podcast. And Ellen. And you can Ellen. YouTube on Ellen. <laughs> on, yeah, you can YouTube him on Ellen's show, which is a great little interview with Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, yeah, you're not going to, if you Google Michael Theo, you will not struggle to find clips, oh, snippets, or information on him. So pleasure to have you, mate. Definitely. Um, last, the suit that Ellen got you, did, the, did that come from right. Australia? Do you still have it? Yeah, I still have it, yes. Have you worn oh, it yet? Wow. Yeah, I've worn it quite a few times. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Class. Don't ever sell that on Marketplace. or <laughs> We'll never be doing that. <laughs> you need to keep it and frame it. Um, yeah. Uh, good man. Legend. Thanks so much, Michael. Well, we wish you a great weekend and thanks, thanks for your John. time. All right, it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Pleasure, uh, Michael. Thanks very much, mate. Thanks a lot. Thank thanks. you. See you, Cheers, mate. See you later, Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for your time. Cheers, mate. You too. Ciao. Well, that was great. Thanks so much, Michael. You're welcome. And what was your name? I'm Neil. Neil. Yeah, Neil O'Sullivan is my name. And then uh, Gary, Gary Rafferty. Nice. Neil and Gary. Neil and Gaz. Yeah. Neil and Gaz. Gaz. Yeah, yeah, just short for Gary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gaza. (laughs) Yeah, we've known each other for... Oh, God, must be... Seven or eight years, Gary, is it, probably? Yeah, seven or eight years, yeah. Mm-hmm. How long ago did you come from, from Scotland, Gary? Uh, I got here in 2014. Oh. I lived, in a, I lived in the USA before that. I was in the USA for five years. Ooh. What's it like in Scotland? In terms of, um, in terms of what? Of anything. Anything. Uh, weather-wise, is. Typical, as you can imagine, UK, a bit wet, damp, a little bit cold, yeah. but very seasonal. Summer's not bad. Spring's not bad, but winter's freezing cold. Um, it's a very, I would say, mate, it's one of the, the place I've found the most kindest people ever. Everyone's so kind. Everyone's very helpful. Everyone's up for a laugh. No one takes yeah. themselves too serious. I don't mean that. Like, it's yeah. people are ambitious, etc. but you can talk to anybody in the street. They'll... Yeah. They'll invite you for a cup of tea. They'll chat to you about anything. So it's a very everyone always says the same. It's a very heartwarming place. Um, but I mean, as the weather doesn't help, as you can, as you know yourself, yeah. mate. When it's raining outside, it can change your mood. So when it's raining yeah. quite a lot, people's moods can sometimes come at. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a beautiful place as well, mate. Lots of greenery up north. Oh. Loads of beautiful places to see. And I've also noticed something else. The Scottish has something in common in common with the Irish. What's that? Yeah. They both love, they love drinking and they're very passionate about their countries and their cultures and they could talk about it for hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and we both hate the English. (laughs) I wonder why. (laughs) That's, uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty true, mate. We do do love a drink. Um, That's That's a common thing. They are very, yeah, very similar. Even the sense of humor, I would say, like Irish and, and Scottish people just get on, like you know, it's like ducks to water. And there wow. is linkage back to Gaelic, you know, back to the Celtic, um, you know, nomads and the back in those yeah. days. That's like you're talking like the Celtic race is thousands of years old, and yep, and they migrated around Scotland and Ireland. So there's a very, there's a very long history of 
synergy between the two nations, you know? Mm. Yeah. In fact, two, two steam engines from Thomas the Tank Engine, two twins named Donald and Douglas, they're Scottish. Oh, are they, eh? I don't even know that. You do now. Everybody's a school day. Well, it's on Netflix, Gary, if you want to watch it. I've been watching it all this week. I'm not, I mean, I'm not watching it if they've changed that theme tune. That was the only thing I liked. Just, just stick to the original series. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that. OG. Yeah, with Ringo Starr. Oh, my, yeah. I said OG to my wife the other day, and she said, what, what's, oh, what's OG? I was like, really? Original? Did you not, like, get with the lingo? <laughs> the, what's, what's on the, uh, the cards this weekend, Michael? What you got planned? I have a, um, I think my second last acting class tomorrow, along with um, a birthday party to attend and a reunion. A oh, reunion no. for Love in the Spectrum? No, for um, school. Oh, for school. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. And it's still recording. Oh, are, oh we're still recording, Harry. Here, I'll turn this off. Yeah. Basically, stay in. Don't forget to follow us on all the social media channels, including Instagram and Twitter, at These Lands Are Mental. And if you do have a topic or a guest or subject that you want us to talk about, please do get in touch and send in your suggestions. Thanks for joining us on today's show. As mentioned at the beginning, if you are struggling with mental health, please do seek further assistance. Here's who you can get support from. Lifeline, Beyond Blue, Fitzier, and the Black Dog Institute.